in celebrating freedom and patriotism. Join us for a special 4th of July interview with a passionate patriot, Dave Bray, USA, as the rock and roll patriot, respectively. He has dedicated his life to sharing the importance of freedom and patriotism with the world. In this interview, we dive deep into what these values mean to us as Americans on Independence Day. We discuss the sacrifices made by our founding fathers, the importance of persevering in American traditions, and the impact that our actions today will have on future generations. Whether you're a longtime patriot or just starting to explore what freedom means to you, this conversation is sure to inspire and uplift you. So grab your favorite red, white, and blue gear, fire up the grill, and join us for a celebration of all things American. Happy 4th of July. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest. From festivals to black tie events, Dave Bray USA delivers a full spectrum of energy and emotion. As a United States Navy Marine Corps veteran and national recording artist, Dave considers his music to be a continuation of service and has dedicated much of his career to honoring our veterans' active duty military, fire, police, and first responders. He served as an FF excuse me, FMF corpsman for the USMC sniper teams and following his service, went on to lead the patriotic rock band Madison Rising to national success with his rock rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Dave's solo career took off with his album Music on a Mission, which debuted at number six on the iTunes rock charts. Since then, he's charted numerous singles, including Last Call, 
a tribute to fallen police and his music videos have been viewed millions of times. Dave's 2021 album, album Too Far Gone, was released at number one on the iTunes charts and garnered his God-fearing, freedom-loving, wag-waving, flag-waving patriot national success. Please help me welcome Dave Bray USA. Thank you so much, April. Well, that's quite the introduction there. I'm going to have to shorten that bio up a little bit for your listeners. I don't know if they got enough time, but thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, truly blessed to be here. I'm actually really looking forward to this pod and 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 joining in di deep dive into some patriotism with you today. Absolutely. Well, it's truly an honor to have you, sir. Thank you so much for your service. Let's start off with that. And sure. outside of that incredible biography, you want to share a little bit more about yourself with the audience today. Sure. For all your listeners out there, my name is Dave Bray. Um, that's with a boy or B, B as, with a B as in boy, excuse me. So Dave Bray. Uh, and I go by Dave Bray USA in the social media circus out there. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a United States Navy and Marine Corps veteran. Um, I did serve with the 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So I always like to give Mother Green a shout out and a quick oorah to all those Marines out there. Um, but most importantly, I, uh, I, I enjoy using my music as a continuation of that service. And I encourage others uh, who have served this country to do the same. And that's basically the idea behind what Music on a Mission is. It's about respect. It's about patriotism. And it's about faith in not only each other, but also the Lord above and, and the future of this nation. Oh, I love that. And you truly are making such a huge difference. I loved Thanks. listening to some of your music videos. Very passionate, very powerful. I yeah. absolutely invite people to check them out because especially today, it's a very powerful day. And I would really love to know, can you share a personal experience that solidified your belief in the importance of freedom and patriotism? Mm. Well, you know, you, when you serve this country, uh, oftentimes you'll step out into what I'd like to refer to as the real world. Mm. Um, and you step off the island of, of the United States and you you actually go and you see other countries. And for me, it was, uh, you know, serving in Africa. I was in Monrovia, Liberia, in Operation Assured Response. And uh, it actually started out as a defense uh, position that we took in the um in the embassy in Monrovia uh, to protect it from a civil war that was happening basically outside of the, those walls. And um, we wanted to secure that embassy the way that we should have secured Benghazi. And we should always secure, uh, you know, our sovereign province and, and, and areas. And of course our embassies across the, across the globe. Um, but seeing how third world countries and different portions of Africa um, you know, sort of carry themselves and, and how government has stepped in and destroyed so many societies and peoples in that area um, really makes you realize how great we have it in America. Um, despite our problems, despite our differences, despite what we have going on politically and, and through all of those things, we are still the best place in the world to live or else you wouldn't have millions of people trying to get here each and every year. It's still the greatest country on the planet Earth if we can hold on to it. Mm. Yes. I, I took a couple of things away from that. I too, my first experience was in Africa with mm. that third world viewpoint and really having this understanding of 
what we have here in the United States. And it's such a significant difference in comparison to other parts of the world. I like to say that I think every, you know, teenager should go experience a third world country just to see what it's like. And that being said, what do you feel would make a difference and people having that understanding uh, the the contrast of what we have here versus other places in the world. Well, what would make a difference in America um, is to not follow a lot of the history that we are being sort of shooed away from. If you look at mm-hmm. the history of some of the more socialist and and communist nations, they didn't get that way overnight. It's a long, slow process. And the American people are slowly being pied pipered into that direction, the same way the, the people of those countries were being guided. And it's all under the guise of, you know, hey, all, what's good for all is good for, you know, is good for everyone and and making everyone feel good about the decisions they're making because they're the best decisions. And those dis- best decisions are being guided by a government. Right. So, you know, it, we shouldn't no should nobody should be allowed to have guns okay because the guns hurt people and and the, you know people are irresponsible so let's get the, let's get all those guns and everybody starts nodding their head in, in belief of that but they always fail to compromise or recognize the human evil that is unfortunately within groups of certain groups of people that when they see weakness and they are powerful they will capitalize on that weakness and you see it everywhere and again these governments always under the guise of their best intentions for all. It never fails. It absolutely has never failed that when government seizes the opportunity to take a right away from its people, that it uses those rights against those people and it never relinquishes them back. And it's it is happened time and time again to civilizations all across the entire globe. And you're seeing it in China. You're seeing it in Russia. You're seeing it in the Middle East, you're seeing it everywhere, Europe, and they're being overrun now by by socialism. And it's it's to the detriment. It's like inviting the termites in because you don't want them to be cold for the winter and you allow the termites to come in and rot your house. Right. And you feed them the wood of your home. And that's what's happening. That's That's a really great way to explain it. And what I hear you saying, Dave, is to really understand, no, not let go of things that are happening now in other places, as well as our our history, our historical marks, paying attention to that and not repeating that past. Well, that's that's the idea. And again, you look at the rise of Adolf Hitler and the socialism. It was all under the guise of feeling good and doing what was right. And then certain lines started getting drawn in the sand and uh, people started being divided and separated by religion and, and race and belief systems and then all of a sudden certain belief systems were no longer acceptable and certain races were no longer and religions were no longer acceptable within that circle that protected the government um but whenever the government can capitalize on a group of people like it is doing today in america uh they will use that group of people to separate and divide the rest of the people in that nation and it just it is never for a positive outcome for that country Mm, absolutely and I feel like so much contrast and contradictory political turmoil is on people's viewpoints, just like you talked about the cockroaches. Well, you know, they're going to be cold, so maybe we should have them come in for a little while. And it's kind of like, 
Uh, my husband likes to talk about a story uh, with a frog and a scorpion. And the scorpion asks the frog to put him on his back and carry him across the water. And the frog is like, no, why would I do that? You're a scorpion. And the scorpion says, look, 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 I'm not going to harm you. If I harmed you, then neither one of us would cross the water. So the frog's like, well, you have a point. So he puts him on the scorpion on his back and they start crossing the water. And about midway through, the scorpion stings him. And as they're going down, the frog says, why? Why? And the scorpion says, because I'm a scorpion. scorpion. That's what I do. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's it's, what I it's, do. it's happening. And, you yeah. know, there, I, I see a lot of the media today saying, what are these people trying to say? It, in every case, these people are trying to say it's it's a middle finger to America. It's it's we don't care what your rules are. We don't care about your history. We don't care who fought and died for this country. We don't care about any of those things. We are going to exploit whatever we can constitutionally and ruin this and sink this ship is essentially. And that's what you have happening in Detroit with the, you know, the nuns and you have happening at our border. You have it happening in civil society. You have it happening on the NFL football, you know, the, the taking a knee. It's all middle fingers. Every single one of them is a middle finger to the to the people and the men and women who have fought and died for the freedoms of this nation for those people to do that. So I, I, I can't stand when I hear people saying, I don't understand. What are they what are, do you, what are they saying by doing this? I'll tell you what they're saying. It's two fingers right in your face. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting that I feel like. You know, maybe people feel it's good intentions or maybe it was that they were raised in such an environment that they just don't have another awareness of the fact that it's creating division more and more and more when we go into those areas. And so, Dave, what is your idea of being able to shed some more light? I know that you have this incredible platform through music. What are ways that you help connect and unite us? Well, for me, it starts obviously in the homes. Um, it, we are subsidizing and granting and feeding a situation in this nation that is 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 formulated to divide the household. Um, it's formulated and divided. It's using the schools and the school system and the curricula that are being taught within the schools. Um, it's being taught in in early school ages, preschool kids that, you know, they feel as though that they are raising our kids. And the last time I checked, you know, nobody in that my students, you know, my kid, I have two sons that go to public school. There's nobody in that school that birthed those two boys. They didn't raise those two boys. All they are meant to do is go in there and learn reading, writing, arithmetic and civics. And they've basically if you look at the statistics in America today, their uh, their reading levels are less than 30 percent. People that graduate in urban areas can read um, the math, the math, the arithmetic levels are so subpar that some of these kids can't do simple multiplication and simple division with one number. Um, they absolutely teach no civics anymore. 
and the civics is what does this flag mean? What does our what is our job as civilians, as free people? What is our job? What, what, what are we supposed to do? It's not just protesting. It's actually standing up for the things that are positive in this nation, for the freedoms that we have. They don't teach anything about the Constitution and what laws the American people are actually born inherently with. God-given rights, inalienable rights. They don't. Uh, you ask a kid, any kid off the street, what an inalienable right is, and they will have absolutely no idea that it is a right that they they can't get rid of. And those are our founding documents. They've erased teaching those out of our schools. They've erased teaching simple business and homemaking and the things that are important. Uh, wood shops are now disappearing and they're being traded in for. Uh, different club rooms so that these different kids, I mean, there, there's a Satanist club for crying out loud. We got to get rid of wood shop, but we'll get a Satanist club. We'll get rid of metal shop, but we'll bring in, you know, another uh, uh, belief system, sh you know, club area and we'll set up safe spaces and we'll, we'll have to build on extra bathrooms for kids who think they're cats, dogs, and all these other things. We're failing our kids. And if we're going to turn this nation around, you have got to stop letting kids teach kids. We are allowing kids to go through college in their 20s, not raise any children, but go step in front of our kids in the classroom from, you know, eight o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon, thinking that they know how to teach our children. They're not teaching our kids anymore. They're indoctrinating our kids. They're not they're not speaking on the things that the people in the in, in the in the community want. They're simply indoctrinating our kids and they're failing. We are failing our kids by not stepping in and changing and holding some of these teachers accountable for what they're teaching our kids. And it's a big, big problem is that we are allowing people who have never raised children to step in front of the, these children and be their teachers. And we need people who have actually raised kids successfully. I think you should have to be at least 35. It shouldn't be a four-year degree. It should be, I raised these two kids. This is how they turned out. I would like to be a teacher. Check the box. You're in. You know, But these kids oh, coming out of college yeah. doing drugs and drinking beer and getting in front of our kids and teaching is unacceptable. Oh, man. That's a, that's a really good point. I love that. I I have children as well. And because I was a young parent, very young parent, and, and it wasn't necessarily by choice. I didn't think that I could have children, uh, medical doctors were saying, but it just happens, right? So I was a young parent. And so I'm always preaching to my kids, do not get pregnant, enjoy your life, go to college. Yeah. So like when you talk about, you know, having our teachers be in their 30s, I feel that way about maybe start getting into those age years before you have children because you've experienced some life and your brain is fully developed and all of those things where we can start making smarter, more intelligent decisions. You know, maybe you have more understanding of what emotional intelligence is. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard. And I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child.
and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. No, I, I mean, listen, I don't agree with a, a birthing age by any means. I think if you're ready to have kids and you're married and 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 you and your significant other are willing to have and raise children, then you should definitely do it. But again, what comes with that is an experience that many teachers never have. They leave college at 24, 25 years old and they step in front of our kids and they've never spent any they've never spent 24 hours with a with a child in their life and we're giving them half a day or a quarter of a day to spend with our kids it's like you're you're a 25 year old you know kid out of college all you know is what you've been taught and now you have a degree and for whatever reason you're allowed to go teach our children and i have a big problem with that because They've just gotten out of indoctrination camp, which most of our colleges are as well. So we have an educational problem in this nation where we're, we have more access to more information than we've ever had in our entire lives, enough to land a daggone spaceship on the moon in the palm of our hands. And yet this nation is falling apart and crumbling in front of our eyes because of however we are perceiving information and passing it on to the next generation. Well, you create such incredible music. Do you feel that part of that teaching remembrance is through the music that you create? Well, if you listen to any of my albums, so Music on a Mission was my debut album. I actually narrate down through that album with you. I don't just give you, you know, 12 or 14 songs to listen to and let you draw your own inferences. That's that that was not my intention. I wanted to use music to back up my beliefs and i wanted people to hear where some of the songs came from a lot of people don't know that the song amazing grace was uh written by uh, an old slave trader by the name of john newton he was family was dragging slaves across the atlantic ocean and john was caught in a tempest he was caught in a storm and he heard the slaves singing down below the decks they thought that they were going to die so they started chanting an old hymn that they had had and he didn't know you know, he didn't know what they were saying, but he knew he was feeling the exact same way. And he knew that those, they were those people were feeling the same thing, too. He's literally begging God on that ship. If you save me and save this and save these passengers and if you save this vessel and get us to shore again, I will give my life to the to the Lord. I'll give my life to the church. And John Newton inevitably walks away from slaving and turns his back on his family and moves back to England and he, and he ordains himself and his, gives his life to the church. And you look at those types of stories that people forget and you forget the sacrifices that have been made on the behalf of people of color. You look at the sacrifices that have been made on behalf of the goodness of America. And you look at some of these songs, God bless America. You know what I mean? God bless America was a song written by a Jewish immigrant uh, of all people. You know, he came here you know, seeking asylum. He writes it in World War One. doesn't release it until World War II. And the guys on D-Day, so it gave the nation hope and they used it as a prayer. So there's so much history that we we lose out of, out of music. And sometimes we don't get that history from the writer. And I wanted to narrate those records and make sure that the listener knows exactly what I was thinking when I was writing about fallen police or writing about putting on the armor of God before chasing into a burning building and, uh, you know, supporting... Mm -hmm the faith and the patriotism that built this nation. Uh, I love that. First of all, that you're writing as really expressing 
some of those pieces of American history. And thank you for sharing and giving us some wisdom and knowledge on bits and pieces of American history. And when you say putting on that armor, it reminds me so much of, you know, I, I don't know if I said, but my background's in law enforcement. When we put on that uniform, it is putting on this armor and you become a different person. Mm -hmm. And in order to show up as best as you can to serve others. So when we come back from this commercial, I'm excited to uh, share some photos that I have of you and for you to talk a little bit more about your band. Stay tuned. Cool. Thank you. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. Welcome back. I wanted to share Dave, some of the photos. I'm going to add them to the stream. And first off, let's start with your logo because this in and of itself is so patriotic, <laughs> obviously, which you just, the entire essence of you is really standing for America, for the land of the free. Do you want to talk a little bit about what these symbols mean to you in your branding? Well, sure. Um, you know, when I'm on stage, I have two eagles. One faces each of the each of them actually face a different direction. So when an eagle's head is faced towards the olive branch that you see there, it means you're at peace. And when it's facing, if you see the eagle with the other facing the other way towards its head towards the arrows, it means you're at war. Mm. And so when I'm on stage, I have one that faces towards peace and one that faces towards war. And I have two of those eagles. And the thing about that eagle right there, you see the DB and the USA in the middle. Um, Inside the D, you see the little guitar, and obviously he's facing that direction. 
Um, and inside the B, there are actually not just two little holes. There's actually two bullets. So when I'm in music and in my music mode, I'm at peace with myself. Mm. And when I'm not, I find myself struggling and I find myself at war with what I believe God's plan is for me. And I need to just remember that, you know, God has a plan for everybody on this planet. I believe I found what my plan is meant to be. I believe I found my purpose. So this eagle at this point in time is my peace eagle, and he's uh, he's chilling. He's in a good place because he's doing music, and that's where I feel about that eagle and that logo. And of course, the rock and roll patriot was um, was just something that somebody asked me. They're like, you you're like the the because the Star Spangled Banner was my uh, sort of claim to fame for so long. It kind of got stuck in in who I was. And I like it as a I like it as a catch line. I think it's cool. I think it fits who I am in my heart, and it definitely fits who I am on stage. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And there's so much that I love about this, Dave. And it's it's the yin, the yang. You can't have one or the other. You can't have peace without, you know, war. Unfortunately, but that's just the way that we are designed. We have to have that contrast in order to understand. Right. That's why we have trials and tribulations in life in order to really understand those peaceful moments and to be grateful for those moments. And another thing it reminds me of is, and I say it on a few of my shows when I'm talking to martial artists, so to speak, usually they know what this term means, but it reminds me of warrior in the garden. And the warrior in the garden is you have the knowledge and the know-how to, to fight, to protect when you need to. And also to, when you have all of that, you, you have this self-development that you don't need to until you need to. So the warrior in the garden. And so maybe that means something else to you. No, it's very, very similar. Um, yeah, you will hear a lot of that. And, uh, I think Jordan Peterson said it best. He was said, uh, you know, the, being saying you're a peaceful person, you're not hurting anybody is not a virtue unless you have the capability to actually hurt somebody and be non-peaceful. And, uh, you know, that sort of might sound provocative, but at the same time, it's the truth. I mean, he he related a person who, you know, refuses to be confrontational or refuses to stand up for themselves as just a weak person. If you don't have the capacity to inflict or do violence, then you're just a weak person. There's a difference. There's a difference between somebody who has that capacity and who does not. And both taking the road or the path of peace uh, through strength is is what I like to relate that to is the Ronald Reagan term as well. So we're definitely saying the same thing, but just different languages, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that everybody, Dave, should have an idea and a know-how of how to protect themselves and people around them? Oh, absolutely. I think I think as as a man or a woman or even a young man or a young woman, I think it's empowering. I think it is it's one of the it's one of the f sort of few unspoken virtues. And I, and I don't know that it has a definitive name. You know, what what do you call that? Um, it's just, uh, you know, war capable, but peaceful, peacefully driven. It's it's uh, I don't know that that virtue has a name, but I do know that it, when you have the capability to do something, and you're in a situation that to know that you can survive that situation, whether it be, you know, even to swim and be around water or be comfortable in water and knowing that, hey, if I go in right now, it's going to be cold, but I'll be all right. Um, there's something very comforting in that. It's something that it's it's 
it's swiping fear or pushing fear away. And I love that. It's a, it's a part of, again, what my brand is about. Um, you know, if people want to check out my, some of my stuff online, uh, it's Dave Bray USA, but my brand is actually Brave Day USA is the clothing brand. And, oh, and that brand is, that. is based in walking fearless and, and carrying the, the faith in your heart to do that. So, um, again, we're uh, speaking the same language for sure on, on that one. Yeah. And I love that you're saying it's brave Dave, because I feel like we, and I, and I have another photo up here, but I feel like, you know, unless we do something that scares us, like when we do things that scares us, it does empower us. And now we have an awareness of what that's like, that we can do it. It's empowering. And so I love that you do that. Some of the photos that I brought in today are a lot of them. They have the flag behind you. You have that showing up right now and just really showing up the, that aspect of you and really showing up in all of that empowerment and pride that you have for your country. I like to call this one the Bruce Springsteen frontside shot. You know, he had a hat, he had a crappy hat in his back pocket and he's showing everybody his butt. I'd rather show him my face and tell him who I am. So yeah, yeah. I like to call this one the Springsteen. This is a pretty cool one. I dig this picture. Um, great shot. Yeah. This whole, this whole photo shoot was filled with some great, great shots, but this one ended up being one of the best, I think. Yeah, they are really great. And, and I don't have all of them today. There's a bunch of them. And again, inviting others to visit your website to check out, some of the incredible photos, but one of them that I did bring in, this <laughs> is your band. And I think that this is really important to highlight because this is the sense of community, because I think really the reason that we do the things that we do to protect others, when we serve, we are serving for people and for our our brothers and our sisters and protect one another and so this is your sense of community this is your connections yes this is a cool shot this one uh this one was taken down the tank farm I, I can't remember what style tank that is obviously american i think it might be a sherman tank um but yeah you got austin anderson on the left he he was a uh he played uh he played uh, college basketball. He's like six, five. <laughs> We're all kind of big boys. Me and Drew on the right there. Drew's a Navy veteran as well. And then uh, my, my co-writer and producer, Patrick Verdi, you can see him. He, he's six foot tall, but we're just all big boys. So he's like, he's kind of looking small in that picture, but yeah, this is a cool, uh, this is a cool shot. We did this with uh, armed forces brewing company. If you've never heard of armed forces brewing company, if you're drinking Bud Light today on the 4th of July, you're wrong. You need to be drinking some Armed Forces Brewing Company uh, preamble beers if you like light beers, but they have all the hoppy stuff as well. Um, and uh, they're, uh, you know, a sponsor of ours, and I'm also a co-owner and, and and again, a, a shareholder in that company. So, Well, there's uh, still time to run yeah. to the liquor store depending on what part of the country you're in. Yeah, so. yeah. HEB has it. Walmart has it. Sam's Club. Armed Forces Brewing Company. Go get a preamble if you like light beer. Uh, but yeah, our forces brewing company and they, that was at their event and it was down at the tank farm in Virginia, uh, for their annual rally point event. That was a great day, but yeah, that was just one of those candid snapshots. Again, I love, I, I love the tank in the background. It's just yeah, cool. I do too. And, you know, holding up the flag, Dave, how did you guys find each other? So Austin was, uh, uh, 
basically we we were looking for a musician somewhere and we saw him online and he was playing some zeppelin he was playing some rock he was playing some country he was doing uh you know some bon jovi stuff and i was just like man that that dude's got got the vibe he's playing that sort of plethora of music all the way across like some of heavy metal all the way into the country world so we reached out to him he's the tall guy on the left with the cowboy hat austin anderson and then patrick verdi i met in richmond virginia he was uh he was with a band called sweet justice and I was opening up for them um, at this VFW gig I was doing. It was just me on an acoustic guitar. And he's like, man, you got some great vocal range and some really good control. And then I watched him perform with this band. I was like, dude, you're a shredder. And then he was an amazing backup vocalist as well. And I said, we got to work on something. And, and you know, a year later, I ended up calling him up and be like, I was like, hey, man, you want to do a band? And he's like, that would be cool. So I was like, hey, help me find some players. So Drew was one of those players. Um Justin uh Justin was also one of those players. He's he's the drummer. I don't think he's in it. I don't know if he's in that picture or not. I can't really see real well. Uh, but Justin came in as a drummer. Now we got David Landrum as a drummer. But you know, to find the right musicians with the right heart, the right spirit, and and to get out there and be able to perform mm -hmm. at the level that we were trying to go for is, is a tough game. But yeah, uh, these are this is some great group of dudes right here. Um, they're in it for for God and country. These are patriots, these are faith-driven guys, and I, it's tough to find those kind of guys in the business. I'm I'm so blessed to have the horsemen with me. I, I passionately refer to them as the horsemen because, like I said, they're some big dudes up there. Uh, yeah. And you guys did incredible to find each other. And Dave, I always believe that, you know, when we're supposed to really make big impacts and make changes in the world, God makes sure that those happen. Mm -hmm. And then everything just aligns when yep. you're when you're put on this, given this task so to speak, to, sure. to really make a difference. So I think that's incredible and it doesn't surprise me. So this I wanted to share because this is such a cool photo, such an empowering moment. How do you feel up on that stage, Dave? I'm curious to know because I've served in my own way with law mm. enforcement. You've served in the military and there's this sense of power and pride when you're in those positions and coming out of that, as you very well know, is not easy to do. And so when you go into things that shed light on that, that, that give you kind of those highs and those experiences, it, I think it's very helpful, but can you explain a little bit about the transition for you and what it feels like to be up on that stage? Mm. So this was on a tour when we were opening up for Ted Nugent. Let me first just preface that because this is in front of probably, I don't know, maybe five or 6,000 people. Mm -hmm. And on this tour, um, he had one of his photographers that was shooting for him and her name was Marilyn Brown. And um, her and Marilyn and I became friends. And I said, is there any way that you can get some pictures for me? She's like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in and grab some shots. And, um, again, we we're open up for Ted Nugent. So super patriotic crowd and we're rocking this star spangled banner and people are just losing their minds. And again, I, I think the coolest part about, you know, getting that flag out singing that song at a show is to, you can kind of, you get a sense of the veterans that are in the room and then the law enforcement that are in, you get a sense because, you know, you, yeah. anybody ever served this country out there, you hear people yelling and screaming, and then you hear, then you say, let's give a round of applause for them. And then you hear the place sort of erupt and you realize that right there, that moment right there is more important than probably any moment in that 
in that night because you are now giving those people who have service a voice. You're showing the flag for which they served, and then you're getting the support from the people that are in the audience who appreciate that service that they gave. And you're that catalyst sort of in between them, and you're allowing that moment to happen for that person. Then you go up and sing that song for them, and it's it's a it's electric. You know, people are actually then connected by a single thing. And that's what the American flag did for us in this country um, to be connected under one flag, to be connected under, you know, those stars and those stripes. And for us to look at upon it with pride, um, not with prejudice or anger or resentment for any of it, but blessings and pride to know that we, you know, for those of us who served, gave some of our best years of our lives for that flag. Um, but also, you know, for other people who wish they could have served or who appreciate it to say thank you. And that's a big moment at that show right there is what's happening. But that needs to happen more often in this nation. And that's, you know, obviously what our Independence Day and the Fourth of July is about. Um, and I just hope that people can go back to respecting those flags and respecting each other as people. Absolutely. I it gives me chills to think about your description of the crowd and the connection piece that people feel during concerts and especially during patriotic events. And it's almost like you described this, it's a deeper connection and this rise from the crowd and this excitement. And it makes me think of too, an experience that I had when when I was serving and we attended a funeral for one of the uh, it was a fallen officer and I'll never forget it. It was just thousands and thousands of people coming to remember this person's service and his life. And there was nothing like it. And again, just goosebumps uh, when we do that for each other, when we really connect and come together. Yeah. Amen. And that's where the power of music can speak yeah. way more than any words could ever it does. Uh, articulate because you, you talk about the, uh, the law enforcement side of the house. I work with the um, National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund down in D.C. for the last three or maybe four years, I think now, where I've performed my song Last Call. And uh, that song is actually written from the perspective of a fallen law enforcement officer as he's on his radio, he knows he's hit. He's not going to make it. He gives his last words back to his wife, back to his children, and back to his brothers and sisters in blue. And Last Call is just one of those songs that exploded uh, for us in a, in a good and in a bad way because it, it resonated through the law enforcement community as being almost an anthem. And yeah. um, I guess it's to be known for something that, that has touched so many people and, and the messages that we got and you know, people asking to use that song for tributes and, you know, for us to come out and perform it for fallen officers. And then, of course, for the National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund down there in D.C., right there on the National Mall with 20,000 people all in the same way that flag does, but lighting a candle and passing that one flame through 20,000 people in a matter of 30 or 40 seconds and seeing those candles out in front of you and, and watching that, that flame just continue to grow and become a sea of fire is unbelievable and to be able to perform on that stage is probably every year one of those things that i literally have to train physically and mentally and emotionally for in yeah. order to pull off that 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 song oh yeah. yeah it is it's so deeply moving i can only imagine 
what inspired you to write that song in particularly? Well, it was the recognition that I started realizing, um, you know, for a long, long, many years of my life, law enforcement was sort of this fringe thing that, that, you know, I didn't really put a lot of thought to, I didn't have any major run-ins with the law and a couple, um, but nothing major. And, you know, it was always one of those things that, you know, if you're out, you know, and having a good time, you know, Johnny law comes around everybody like, Oh, button up. Here we go. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. But never really thought about the day-to-day sacrifice and the day-to-day, um, of what it takes to be a law enforcement officer until the Dallas five, uh, situation happened and the ambush. And these guys are literally getting shot at basically by a sniper and being killed. And then I thought about, you know, my service as a, you know, as a FMF doc for the sniper teams and the capabilities of what I had and, you know, in my back pocket kind of thing. And, and, and I looked at some of the numbers, I started researching some of the numbers of law enforcement deaths, um, in the line of duty and compared them to some of the numbers that have, uh, you know, war on terror, um, deaths that were happening in the, and there was more deaths of law enforcement in this nation in the line of duty deaths than there were in the war on terror. And I started scratching my head and, and, uh, you know, I wanted to write a song that, that I know basically was speaking about how I would feel if I was in that situation. And again, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole, but you know, I've been in that one of those situations where, Hey man, you, this might not, you might not get to see your, you know, your wife and your kids again. What are you going to say to them? And, and this was that song. And, uh, you know, I, I just put it down on paper and, and I played it for my wife and she's like, I think you should go record that. And, mm. and, and then I did. And, you know, I, I said, you know, do you think law enforcement is going to sort of frown upon this perspective because the cop is essentially he's giving his life. It's the moment he's giving his life to his service being caught in a song. And then we, we sat with it and, and thought about it. And, you know, we were like, okay, well, we, we, maybe we bring him back in the song. Maybe the cop survives and he, he's re- remembering. And that's what, that's what it is. And I said, no, I said, I said that this, this cop in this song is giving his life in service. And it, it is that moment that these words were spoken. It has to be that. And that was a, that was a hard song to record. It was a hard song to write because there are those moments that are happening across our nation where we are losing cops, good people, you know, and these guys aren't just, and, and girls, they're not just, you know, they're not just law enforcement officers. They're pillars of the community. They're coaches. Um, they're school board members. They are uh, volunteers. They are, you know, some of them are, you know, volunteer firefighters in the community as well. And, and there's so much more than just, you know, guys sitting on the side of the road with, with a speed detector trying to get some, you know, trying to get some speeders it's they're they're always under the gun always being scrutinized now with body cams they cannot make a mistake it has got to be one of the most hardest professions out there right now yeah uh, with social media and i don't know that i i I again go back to it's a job not for kids it's very similar to the school teaching situation you need to go out and live some life before you put on that badge uh, because, you know, when you're putting yeah. on that badge, it could be that you are going to be asked to do something way, way beyond what you ever thought or could imagine um, on any given day. And that's a hell of a thing to compromise and think about that any day could be your last just by doing your job. And I don't know of the too many other jobs other than the military that fit into that category. So I started respecting them way more after I started making that realization and humanizing that badge. 
Dave, I am so pleased and grateful that you went that direction, that you didn't bring him back to life in the song or that you didn't do it altogether because it, it is a fact that when you go into that position and you put on that badge and that uniform, that is a possibility and almost an expectation. You, you are possibly going to lay down your life. And I think that most personnel that are in that field have that understanding, fire, first responders in general, and in our military as well. You know, if you don't understand that, then you have no business being there, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you have an understanding that that is definitely a possibility. So I'm very pleased that you went that direction. And I, I love just that you made that song because it's, it's needed. And I think that most people appreciate it highly with, and that's your experience to date that um, you've experienced. And you sound like you have a very supportive wife. My wife is who, or whom I affectionately refer to as mission control. Music on a mission is is (laughs) me out there doing the music, but she is mission control. She's my Houston. She is everything without her. This mission does not continue. She's the, she's everything in the fob everything back on the ship. She's everything that I could possibly need on the road. She is meticulous in her communication. She's meticulous in her logistics. She's meticulous down to the meal in the minute uh, with our kids, as well as, you know, when she's home, as well as when I'm on the road. And she's like, uh, she's unbelievable. She's absolutely unbelievable. And her passion some days is, is, you know, when my passion wavers a little bit, she's the one who restokes my fire And I just, like I said, I could not imagine a more, if anybody's deserving of any accolades when it comes to my music or my mission, it's her. I'm, I'm, I'm only responsible for the, for the, for the music part, but the rest of it is, is all her. And I would not be able to do this without Becky. She's my life force. I love that. Thank you, Becky, so much for being there by your husband's side. And I like to call that a power couple. And it's so nice to have somebody that's in your corner like that in your life. So very cool. So I want to start coming to a close. The time with you today, Dave, has been absolutely incredible. I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. We have it up on the screen. It's going to be in the description. His website is www.davebrayusa.com. And don't forget the store Brave Dave. Right? Did I say that right? <laughs> Everything's at DaveBrayUSA.com. Yeah, you can find all the music there. Um, we're currently, uh, you can find all of our music videos on um, YouTube. Obviously, you can find them also on our website, but we'd love those YouTube spins. And if you could share those links out, uh, we just released a new song. It's called Gone Fishing, which I absolutely love. Um, and I, I think it's perfect for July 4th weekend. You guys, it's going to, it's, it's such a positive vibe and just a really feel good song. So you gotta, gotta listen to Gone Fishing by Dave Bray USA. You'll love that. Put it on while you're barbecuing or hanging out with your family, enjoying your freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And so Dave, you know, coming to this close, what would you say, you know, to, to our, our young people here in carrying on the values of America and also why it's so important to continue the celebration of Independence Day. 
for the young kids out there, you know, question things, be inquisitive. Don't settle for everything that a teacher tells you or that an adult tells you. Um, some of those people are not out for your best interests. Learn on your own, do your own research, figure out what your constitution is, what 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 are the rules to live by in this nation. Uh, figure out the laws, figure out what you can and can't do. Um, stand up for yourself, be strong, exercise every day, eat an apple every day, work out every single day. <laughs> Don't ever take a day off and eat healthy because what you put into your body is how your mind thinks. How much you work your body is how strong your mind will get. So your mind, your body, and your soul and your spirit are all connected. And and just love each other. Uh, be faithful you know, to each other as friends and as family, and, and you'll go far. And that's going to be a rare commodity. So if there's any kids out there, listen, take that advice and, and take it to heart. And you don't have to fit into any type of norm. Be yourself and be strong. I love that. Well, thank you again, sir, for your service thank in you. the past. The present, the future, you have really been a light for this world. I so appreciate thank you that so, so much. much. Amen. Thank you guys so much. God bless. Have a great July 4th. God bless. sounds of the waves washing up onto the shoreline I love the smoke on the water right before the sunrise I love the feeling I get when I finally cast that first line and if I'm setting up there just ain't nothing quite like I'm gone fishing gambling on the water with time waiting for a tug on the line Think about nothing else for a while I'm gone fishing Don't you bother trying to call me I'd rather be a little bit lonely And I'll try to be home before supper time But don't wait on me Cause you know where I'll be
for a while I'm gone fishing Don't you bother trying to call me I'd rather be a little bit lonely And I'll try to be home before supper time So don't wait on me Cause you know where I'll be I love the sound of the waves washing up onto the shoreline I love the smoke on the water right before the sunrise I love the feeling I get when I finally cast that first line And if I'm sitting the hook there just ain't nothing quite like Gone fishing You know where I'm going, baby Yeah <laughs>